Hello and welcome to Sketch in Review, the post-SNL uh, review show that's going to start at season 47 and work our way backwards eventually. Uh, I've got with me uh, a special guest. I have Connor with me. Connor, uh, he uh, was in an improv troupe with me in college. Uh, me and him have done a lot of comedy together, and I can't wait to get into uh, the first episode of the new season. Uh, let's, yeah. Yeah, let's start with some housekeeping about the new season. Uh, so one cast member left since last season. Rip to... That cast uh, member is... Beck Bennett. Uh, gotcha. Beck Bennett, uh, you know, I really liked him. Uh, a lot of people really thought that uh, him and Kyle Mooney were going to leave at the same time because they were in a sketch group together before SNL. But mm. Kyle Mooney somehow stayed on. Uh, we also lost uh, one of the featured performers, Lauren Holt. Uh, for any, She only lasted uh, one season, season 46. And for anyone who's wondering who she is and you can't remember, she was the one last season who was not A.D. Bryant. It's unfortunate that that's the only way to remember her, but it's the one who looks like A.D. Bryant and was in A.D. Bryant's roles, but not her. This is, uh, this is, I, I can't remember, I'm not sure if I've seen any of last season. I'm, I'm a very sporadic watcher. I've, I've only, I'm, I'm a, when my parents put it on, watcher of SNL. <laughs> Uh, I watched every episode, almost every episode, live, even. I think the only Damn. one I missed was the John Mulaney Halloween episode, live. And that you just know it by name. You, you, know, you know you've seen them all. <laughs> Listen, I'm a huge SNL fan. It's one, of, it's one of my favorite shows available, and I think it's just because it produces content fast and sporadically, which is my favorite way to see content <laughs> performed. Uh, we also added in some new faces, uh, Aristotle Atari, uh, with... The greatest name ever. Just oh, such what? a good name. Isn't it? It's just such, like, perfect... It's alliterative, so you've got, like, that Bru uh, Bruce Banner, Peter Parker, Marvel superhero-esque <laughs> secret identity name. And, and your first name is the name of a philosopher and your last name is the word you shout before you win a really long game <laughs> i should have, well, i like did, did he name himself is that like a stage name or is this just the coolest family in existence uh it, it is a stage name i believe i could be wrong but i think his actual name is athari like there's an h after the t whatever <laughs> Yeah, I, that's close enough close for enough. that. Uh, he is SNL's first uh, Iranian-American member on their cast, so that's pretty cool, awesome. too. Yeah. Uh, we also have James Austin Johnson. Oh, uh, yeah, another an excellent name. Yeah, huge. Uh, it's like Edward James almost did, like, <laughs> levels of names right there. Because you, you can only address him as a three, three word, as those three words. You can't say... Edward almost. It's Edward James almost. It's James Austin Johnson. Uh, for people who uh, hang around on Twitter, he does a lot of uh, Donald Trump impressions, so I assume that's the reason why they brought him on. Uh, we'll get into him because he has quite the debut episode in, uh, in this light. Uh, and finally, our last pickup is uh, Sarah Sherman. 
otherwise known as Sarah Squirm on uh, social media. Mm. She's weird. Oh my, she is so weird, and it's pretty fun. I've only I only found out about her when they announced her. Uh, it's wild. <laughs> My friends uh, told... This is the only person that I knew was going to be here because my friends told me uh, about... You have to see this person's uh, SNL audition tape. And I was like, well, okay. And then I did. And it was, uh, it was a ride and a half. Uh, yeah, I, I saw some of her uh, stand-up for it. And... Uh, wild. She, she's got that the manic Eric Andre energy. <laughs> Alright, so uh, let's jump into the Cold Open. Uh, so the Cold Open is uh, classically, uh, it's going to be political in nature. Uh, this Cold Open, no exception. We start with uh, Joe Biden coming to the podium for a presidential address. Uh, biggest thing to note about this at, right at the beginning is that the person playing Joe Biden is James Austin Johnson. His first episode, he gets the first lines, and he's playing the President of the United States. Yeah, that's a... Granted, does a really good Joe Biden accent. Yeah, and he just he does he does a great <laughs> job of, uh, of, of, of communicating the uh, uh, old person trying to be uh, uh, energetic. Mm-hmm, yeah, he's got, he's got that, like, energy, that Joe Biden... It's just a Joe Biden energy... <laughs> Um, yeah. how, it's like, how do you do fellow kids, but also my bones are brittle. <laughs> uh, uh, we follow up, we get uh, Cecily Strong as uh, Senator Cinema from Arizona. And I'll, I'll, I'll go into this more, but Cecily plays crazy so perfectly. Oh, yeah. I'll definitely get into this more in the school board sketch later, just because it's more on point there. Uh... And then we get uh, A.D. Bryant as Joe Manchin. I do, I will say, uh, SNL has a history now of just putting A.D. Bryant as whatever slimy politician they don't like at the moment. And she just does it. She yeah, does a good she job. She plays, she plays slimy politician. I don't know what to tell mm-hmm. <laughs> When she was Ted Cruz, it worked. When she's Joe Manchin, it works. Just works. Uh, it's a unique thing about this where I don't know a lot of these people's names because uh, uh, I've fallen off of uh, uh, politics, not for any, like, stand-up reason or any I-need-to-break reason, just because, like, I've been doing other things. <laughs> so I don't know these people's names or what they do, but or rather, I've, I've heard, like, of them. I've heard people, like, mention them offhand and give me the one-off joke. So they they did a really good job communicating this to people that have fallen out of the loop because the jokes still landed. You still got the basic idea of who these people were and what their current problem they were presenting was. <laughs> yep. Uh, so Amy and Cecily stand on the uh, uh, how a lot of Democrats would probably say Dino Democrat name only uh, senators, just because they're so uh, like centrist at this point that they're almost conservative. Especially uh, a senator from West Virginia. <laughs> I'm still... That still blows my mind every time I think about it, that a Democrat won West Virginia. Yeah. West Virginia and Nevada. Yeah. And Arizona, but that one makes more sense. Oh, Arizona, that's what I... I think mm-hmm. I... I don't know about Nevada. <laughs> Doing uh, a great job. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, and then on the other, ha- and then on the other side, uh, in the progressive corner, we have uh, Ego Nuotum uh, for uh, Representative Ilhan Omar from Minnesota. And Melissa Villasenor gets to pull out her AOC impression. And uh, Melissa is obviously a huge... Uh, how do I put this? She's a huge uh, impersonator. She does a lot. Uh, everyone on everyone was really hoping that she would pull out her Owen Wilson one for this episode, which, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, spoiler, you don't get to see. Uh, but that look it up. Sad. It's a good time. I want In the Cage too. <laughs> Oh, uh, get in the cage, too? Oh, uh, that'd be amazing. Maybe if, uh... What's his name? Sam Sandberg ever gets back in. No, I, I want... I want I want get in the cage, but with Owen Wilson, is what mm. I'm saying, man. I want... I get want, in the Wilson. I want them to just keep doing said. that bit. <laughs> get in the Wilson. Uh, so... So, all in all, what do you think of the cold open, now that we've laid the scene of what it's about? Or who plays what? The actual, like, storyline is just that Joe Biden is caving to the conservative members of the Democrat Party because they hold such a slim margin in the Senate. <laughs> uh, what do you, you think of the sketch as a whole, though? Uh, the jokes overall were pretty solid. Uh, there's, a, there's a pervasive SNL awkwardness that is in a lot of, in, in a lot of the sketches in general, but it, it kind of it leaks into the political sketches more than that because they're trying to be a primetime show that appeals to everyone, but also push, you know, not, They're not all murder people. <laughs> yeah. So, like, uh, it's weird, it's awkward, but uh, the jokes were all good. The characters were all well-played. They, SNL, paradoxically, the SNL cast members are uniquely good at playing political figures. They just, uh, they just feel awkward doing it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was overall fun. It, again, it felt kind of awkward, but uh, it was really funny. So. Yeah, I will say con- consistently that the cold open is most of the time my least favorite sketch of an episode, and I'm pretty sure that it holds for this one, too. Doing a quick look through on all of them. Yeah, yeah, definitely the cold open's probably the weakest of all the sketches. If you're super left and you like like the political humor of SNL, you're going to love this sketch. It's super easy. Uh, the Joe Manchin, we need children to pick coal line <laughs> is just so out there and funny. It's just the unreal, like, unhinged tether that goes to each of the lines in a perfect succession. Uh, I really like, uh, I really liked uh, Joe Biden's Can We Talk About Trains. I like trains too, <laughs> but I think know, trains are cool. Train, trains are cool. I am also on the trains backing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's also just like a really, really old guy thing to say. Can we talk about trains? Our trains, uh, yeah, okay. man. <laughs> yeah, man. Let's talk about trains. And then Alex Moffat coming in as Chuck. Uh, the Cuomo. Oh, well, uh, Pete Davidson coming in as Cuomo was <laughs> obviously, obviously, the, one of the biggest issues of the first episode back for SNL is they have so much ground to cover. Yeah. They have to cover. They have to cover the political scene as it is right now, but also anything big that happened in the last like six months. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So, so while the Cuomo bit was definitely ham fisted and ham fisted in there, uh, it worked decently well enough. I feel like so one of the things that I noticed uh, is for the goodbyes we got the full credits. They didn't cut to the next thing, which means that. 
which means that they obviously uh, were not strapped for time. There was a lot of dead air that they probably could have used for something. But I also feel like they should have cut Cuomo and probably kept something else. Yeah. Uh, I think that about wraps up the cold open, don't you? Yeah, that's about as uh, much as I need to say. All right. Uh, so we go on to Owen Wilson's monologue. Dude, mm, not a fan. Was not a fan of his monologue. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the monologues, to me, as long as I'm not wincing, I'm okay. Because yeah. monologues can be bad, and this was this was fine. I, I've I've got no complaints. It's just it, it wasn't it wasn't. I've been <laughs> I've been told that recently uh, uh, the only the two types of monologues are questions from the audience and uh, song. Um, and I'm not that upset when it's a song because the songs are fun. So I just I honestly just give him a song. If you don't know what to do, just give him a song. I'm okay. So We're, everyone's okay. We're having a good time. Yeah, questions from the audience is really good when there's like just one thing that everyone talks to this person about. So for like John Krasinski, they did a bunch of office questions from the audience, <laughs> which was fun. Uh, songs also are another great monologue device. My favorite one that I think a lot of actors don't take the option. But there is also cast members come on to talk to them about the show, the monologue. And, which is great, because then you're already offloading like half of that time to trained professionals in this environment. <laughs> yep. Agreed. Bowen Wilson standing there and like rambling for ten minutes, not not going to be the best work. It doesn't Also Oh, sorry. Go ahead, no, go ahead. Uh, also, one of two Cars references. I just it's, It blows my fucking mind <laughs> that, that this one they were like, yeah, 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 okay. Owen Wilson's known for a lot of things, but we're going to reference Cars twice. We don't I, have a lot of time, but we've got time for two Cars. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I could honestly probably not tell you another Owen Wilson film, though. Uh, name any Wes Anderson film, and it probably had oh, Owen fair, Wilson. Oh, fair. It. You know what? That's very fair. <laughs> he was recently in Loki, um, which they referenced offhand in the Cars sketch. In the Cars sketch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, yeah. So his, uh, his monologue kind of punted, but he survived. The audience, he didn't lose the audience, so we'll call it a success. Uh, so, first sketch up was, uh, the morning talk show sketch, uh, mm. where we got, in it is, uh, Cecily, AD, Heidi Gardner, and Ego. Uh, they are hosting, you know, like your, uh, The View or other such daytime talk shows where women sit around a table and yell at each other. I think it's literally a bit on the talk, um, but they had to call it the talking. And this, we'll get to this in a minute. I, I, it's possible that this, the talk show, um, that, uh, uh, it's possible that they're pretty litigious, which is why they had to call it the talking, uh, and they had to throw a, a little, uh, a little joke that isn't a joke at the end, uh, <laughs> but I don't know for sure. Uh, I, it just, that's the feeling that I got from, usually they, when they use the name of a show when they do the name of a show, but this time they had to change it slightly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not... Uh, so I think that, obviously, uh, Amy Bryant and Cecily Strong bickering at the beginning might oh. have, was so good. Just the lines between, you have debt. <laughs> <laughs> Your children are not nice. 
You're a bad friend. <laughs> bad friend? <laughs> that's my favorite. Just successfully just repeating, you're a bad friend at 80 the entire time. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it had a great energy. Everybody put on great characters. Um, mm-hmm. And again, like the first one, um, but even more so than the uh, cold open, uh, it they they do a good job of uh, uh, giving you a good enough idea of who these people are and setting up the ideas for what the jokes can be um, so that you don't actually need to know the source material. But I imagine if you do know the source material, you'd have a great time knowing yeah, as, as good people who do not watch daytime talk shows. Uh, we had, we had, it was good, so the thing is that with the sketch, I thought that they were going in a completely different direction for, like, three quarters of it when I watched it, where, because they kept mentioning, oh, we've been vaccinated countless, countless times, I figured eventually it was going to come out that they just lied. Yeah, me too. I was like, oh, that's pretty good, if they're just like, yeah, countless times, you can't count zero. (laughs) (laughs) But instead, they and, went with a HPV joke and then a quick cut out. Not not just that. The last joke was looks like they were all false positives, which is in fact not a joke and yep. some <laughs> weird retraction that makes me think again. Possibly this is a very litigious show. Yeah, it makes. It, I feel like I feel like they had to throw that in so that uh, the more soft viewers of SNL were like, they're making fun of people who get COVID. <laughs> uh, on although decent sketch, uh, are, I like to I like to think about, like, if I was running the show and got to move these sketches around, where would I put it? I don't know if I would put this as the first sketch after the monologue. Yeah, that's fair. It's It's a very... Like I said before, it, it's it's a very similar sketch in uh, in a lot of ways to the cold open. Yeah, because it's uh, people just sitting around talking for a while. Yeah, it's people sitting around talking. It's uh, it's uh, it's it's I, I, big air quotes political. Um, it's uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, uh, it's something that could be niche to some viewers. Um, like it's it's not one of those uh, uh very very broad sketches that it, yeah it, it's it's similar I would say to in a lot of ways to the or it, it felt similar to me. Yep, I will say in it though one of my favorite like one of my comedic buttons that gets pressed is when like a big deal is just talked about super nonchalantly. So them getting to interview the Pope and they're too busy arguing whether they should call him <laughs> the Pope, the Pope, or Pope. <laughs> It's just like yeah. right. It needles just like the right thing inside of me, where I'm like, this could be a whole sketch for me. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, so yeah, uh, altogether great job. Yeah, uh, that was a big fan of that one. It, it was a little awkward with the COVID jokes were awkward. The characters were great. They should have made it not that. Like they they didn't. They, it seemed like they also just kind of didn't want to do it. Yeah, it, it seemed like it seemed like there was not a better sketch i don't know how much do you connor how much do you actually know about like the process of snl um as i understand they uh they start the week uh with ideas and then like they get the sketches written relatively quickly throughout the week and then they uh they they practice them and then they go yeah so so a little bit of like more on the background is so monday is when you pitch uh by wednesday you need to have the sketch like typed out and such and then uh, Lauren and other producers make picks. 
Uh, and they end up getting, like, a stack of probably, like, 12 or so sketches, which they whittle down throughout the next, like, three days. The final, the final, like, these sketches are going isn't decided until right before the show goes on. Because they have a, so they have a dress rehearsal right before, and that one is two hours long, and then they cut one or two sketches from that. Okay. So I feel, I feel like this might have just been one of those times where they didn't have a strong enough sketch to take this one out. Mm. I don't know. I, I, I thought it was strong up until the jokes stopped being character-based and started being uncomfortable. And, and when I say uncomfortable, I mean the people on stage seemed uncomfortable COVID <laughs> jokes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so next we get uh, our only pre-tape of, uh, of the episode, uh, which is uh, Star Trek Ego Quest, the Jeff mm. Bezos edition of Star Trek. Now this one I didn't like that much, personally. I thought that I, I thought that it went it, it just it wasn't <laughs> I don't think it went far enough. I think it always pulled mm-hmm. its punches in a way that was like I was at the I'll just skip to the end because this is the my the whole sketch would have been worth it if so there's this one part where uh, uh, Jeff Bezos is on a spaceship and on the transporter uh, somebody's beaming aboard and uh, the, they're like, uh, who could it be? And Jeff Bezos says, oh, it's my package. And so uh, 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 Bobby Moynihan shows up. Not Bobby Moynihan. It's Keenan. It's Keenan Thompson. Bobby Moynihan <laughs> hasn't been on the show for... Bobby Moynihan might have played it if he was still on the show. <laughs> I, I don't know why Bobby Moynihan and Keenan Thompson occupy the same space in my mind, but they do. <laughs> Keenan Thompson shows up. Um, <laughs> the, uh, and he's got a box. He gives it to him. And then Jeff Bezos is fiddling with the box. And uh, and the joke, of course, is that Amazon doesn't treat his, its employees well. So I was a hundred percent sure that he was going to open the box, pull out a laser gun, and then disintegrate. Uh, oh! I thought that is great, and I was really looking forward to it. And then he just doesn't open the box, and he tosses him a bottle to pee in because that's another. It's 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 a fine like, it's a fine joke, but it just it's. Again, it's just all pulled punches in this one, mm-hmm. and I think that that's. I think that I think that not liking Jeff Bezos is something that we can all agree on to the degree where you can just have at it, and uh, they didn't. Yeah, uh, I will say that uh, John Stewart over the summer produced like uh, a pre-taped sketch about Jeff Bezos going to space that's infinitely better than this one. Oh, I gotta see it. Uh, Jason Alexander plays Jeff Bezos, so it's very, very fun. Also a bad Bezos impression. Yeah, I mean, Owen Wilson not really known for his impressions. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Honestly, they should have given Owen Wilson a spaceship. It, that, instead of Richard Branson, it should have just been like, it Owen Wilson just, is yeah. Owen Wilson ship. <laughs> yeah, I will say Mikey Day nailed Elon Musk's like weird speech pattern. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I feel I feel like half the reason why SNL had Elon on last season was just so that they could learn his speech pattern perfectly so that they can make fun of him. <laughs> oh. So uh, after the Star Trek pre-tape, uh, we move into the Cars sketch. Cars 4. Oh, Cars. Cars 4. 
Oh, boy. Uh, so, uh, the premise for this sketch is Owen Wilson comes into Pixar Studios to record lines uh, for the next Cars movie. Uh, it's still a work in progress. They've only got a few lines for him to read so that the animators just have, like, sound to work with so they know what mouth shapes to make. Uh, yeah. And as he continues to read the lines, they get progressively worse and worse as Lightning McQueen goes from his can-do racing attitude to uh, a, I don't know, a philanderer and possible pedophile. Yep. I feel like that's the <laughs> politest way I can put it. It <laughs> is indeed. It was a, it was, it, it, it walked the line between being uncomfortable and uh, 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 just edgy. Um, I, I, it had a lot of good jokes in there, and Owen Wilson did a great job selling it. I, and there was a fun Larry the Cable Guy impression. Yeah, uh, once again, that's James Austin Johnson coming in with another impression. Uh, this is this is really like this is a huge debut episode for him. This is like basically his episode because he also runs the NFL sketch at the end. I I think that they just I I think that they should just hire more impressionists because I mean impressions is half of is like it, half to three quarters of SNL is just impressions. Yeah. Not not like the worst thing, but <laughs> no, no. It's I, I I just think that the uh, it is uh, their niche. Yeah, uh, you've you've gotten to the point where hiring improvisers can only bring you so far. <laughs> uh, so yeah. when when are we putting my uh, tirade against Cars Three and my uh, my promo for Cars Two? <laughs> you know, we could do that right now if you want. We don't have to do it at all. We'll, 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 we'll save that for our Cars-themed podcast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all right. Uh, I, I will say that right when right when they ended uh, the... I will say that they did a perfect callback. And this sketch is really good because it hits like three major beats throughout it. So we have the first beat where Lightning McQueen is flirting with wives and daughters and is on trial. <laughs> And, and we get a step back, uh, a new character comes in, Larry the Cable Guy, and then we get, oh, Lightning McQueen is saying the R word over and over and over. <laughs> for ten pages. Mm-hmm, for ten, or ten pages, lines. For ten lines that they gave him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And so, you're, and so while you're still dealing with that, we move into the last final joke. Which is <laughs> that? This is the best joke of the sketch. This is the best. The best joke of the sketch is uh, they uh, Lightning McQueen wins, and then Mater's like, "Where are you going with my sister?" He's like, "He's not your sister tonight." <laughs> Why are you doing this? Power. <laughs> In the background, they've got concept art, and it's got this just horrible looking <laughs> lightning, like like a horrible, really close zoom onto him with like lightning in the background. I will say that if it wasn't if it wasn't for those background animations, mm. I feel like it wouldn't hit nearly as hard. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, no, the they were very good. Mm-hmm. Which I guess once again speaks to it seems like SNL is hiring a lot more diverse staff in terms of talent, and uh, I think it's really uh, showing. If only they still still need a little bit of work at hiring diverse staff in other areas. I mean, but. yeah, but slow, slowly but surely they'll get there. Maybe <laughs> that's true. By the twenty thirty cast, we're going to be 
2030 <laughs> cast will be the most diverse cast <laughs> in SNL's history. You heard it here first. Well, my my fan theory is that uh, uh, Keenan Thompson is uh, waiting for Lord Michaels to die so that he can uh, uh, become the new Lord Michaels. I mean, that's a lot of people's theory, and at this point, I think it's probably it might actually happen. I'm I mean, I'm not against he's, it. He's, he's he's very smart. He's very funny. He's very good at his job. He showed up for like two sketches, and he was the best part of both those sketches. He he also uh, has been doing SNL now for. 18 years, I want to say. It's, uh, like, more than any other cast member. Like, second doesn't even come close at this point. Yeah. And also, if you're going to hire someone to be the new Lorne, wouldn't you want it to be someone that has worked on the show for 18 years? There's mm-hmm. just, there's a lot of, there, there's a lot of reasons for it. You don't want to almost kill the show again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, after that, we get the... We get the school board. Uh, we get the school board sketch. Another strong, strong sketch. Really, really making sure that people who stuck around past the first two are getting rewarded by going with cars into school board. <laughs> school board reminds me a lot of the. We both uh, we both are big fans of the Anti Donna uh, sketch group mm, from Australia. Yep. This this reminds me of uh, their school nurse and sports doctor sketches, where it's just yeah. a bunch of characters running in and doing weird shit. <laughs> yep, I agree. I agree. There's the uh, there's some what I don't like about this sketch, and it's what I don't like about a lot of these sketches is, and it's probably because it's live. It's probably ridiculous. Like I think this is a sketch. This is a style of sketch that is built for quick cuts. Uh. uh like, I guess I was going to say, like, I was going to give a second and third thing, but it's something that works well with quick cuts, because uh, the, uh, uh, the, any second that isn't filled with a question or a weird person, it feels awkward, it lets these characters that really shouldn't sit, sit for too long, I, so I, I'm never a big fan of these uh, sketches in SNL, but uh, the fun characters are fun. Uh, there's no, there's no de- avoiding that. Yeah, and part of part of that issue is, like you said, because it's live, you can't cut down on those like half second pauses while you wait for camera to. Okay, we're on camera now. You can do it. Okay, we're off yeah. camera. Move, move, move. Okay, we're on camera. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's yeah. Yeah, so uh, it starts with Cecily pulling out all the crazy straws. And if they're just keeping her around at this point to just play uh, variations of the girl you don't want to get into a conversation with at a party, I'm okay with that. <laughs> you just she just says shit and like half shit too. It's just, it's never it's never a full thought. It she says <laughs> half of something and then it moves into something else and then it moves into something else. <laughs> so that way you're never quite sure what the point is, but you know it's wrong. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, other other good bits. Uh, Bowen kills it as uh, guy as the fucking crazy dude with dreads. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, I will say for that one is that they tried to rule of threes the Barack Hussein Obama joke, and I feel like yep. it came too quick in a row. Yeah. Also, just like worked better as a single joke. Yeah. 
Actually, no, never mind. No, you know what? It worked. It was good when I think it worked better as multiple characters doing it. The will, the 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 uh, Hillary Rodham Hussein Clinton was not a good second in those three, or third of those three. Yeah, uh, what I was going to say is it probably could have worked, like you said, if they had a third character say it. Uh, but also, I feel like if we put Bowen closer to the beginning. We throw uh, James Austin Johnson in, like, the middle of it, where it's like, I'm protecting the children for the lives of Barack Hussein Obama. Yep. And then and then we end it on Hillary Rodham Hussein Clinton. <laughs> yeah. It could it could probably work. It could probably hit better. It hits fine. Yeah. No, it's... But, uh, like, like you mentioned, Keenan's probably still the best part of that sketch, because everyone else is psycho crazy, and then he comes in with, like, Mid-level crazy. Because <laughs> it just... I don't... SNL really needs to lean harder. So, so, so many of the best SNL moments and characters are original characters that come out of not an idea, but half an idea. <laughs> like, like this is... I mean, it's 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 not ridiculous to ha- say that this reminds you of David S. Pumpkins, uh, <laughs> because he's just he just like a regular <laughs> a regular person in a tie that really really likes Halloween in a Halloween is, tie. It is it is <laughs> pumpkins and shit on the Halloween tie. It's just such a half an idea, and then you give it to someone that can really sell it. And that's like, that's it. It's like that stupid goddamn fish in a blender sketch. Everybody <laughs> likes the fish in a blender sketch because it's half an idea. <laughs> uh, it's like, oh, what if we just show someone blending fish on TV? All right, well, how do we, how do we get that to happen? What do we do? You don't, I don't think you heard me. We're going to make someone blend fish on TV. <laughs> They'll figure it out. They're improvisers. <laughs> They'll <laughs> improvise. <laughs> Just tell them to play it to the top of whatever they can, and it'll be fine. And it is. I don't even like the fish in a blender sketch, but everyone else does, and it's it's because it's like all the sketches that I like. <laughs> yep. Uh, so after that, we get uh, Casey Musgrave's first song, uh, which I believe is called Justified. I could be wrong. Uh, that's what that's what I would title it based off of listening to it a couple times. <laughs> I would call I would name that song Justified because she says that word a lot and it's really really like accented. <laughs> I, I take your word for it. I uh I I liked it. It had like a folk rocky sound to it and uh, I I'm I'm listening to more and more of that recently. Yeah, uh she was she was fine. I don't love when uh musical performers come on to SNL and are like I'm going to stand I'm going to sit here and I'm going to like mm. play my instrument and sing. Yeah. Uh, like, that might be great for your concerts, but, like, SNL should be an experience. It is a variety show, after all. The whole thing. The whole yeah, well, reason like we why said. they have, like, uh, a celebrity guest is because it's supposed to be spectacle. Uh, yeah. Well, go ahead. Go like, ahead. We, <laughs> like we said when we were watching it, um, uh, uh, there is... Everybody in the background, the band that's playing and backing her up, is 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 like moving their heads and moving re- and having a really great time. And if you just like turned on the lights with them, and that like it elevates the experience. It's 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 not just her. Uh, it's not just her singing into a microphone. Sometimes sideways, sometimes not. It's like it's it's 
her singing into a microphone in front of a band that's having a really good time, and that's 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 something. That's entertaining. Yeah, that's, a, that's at least something. <laughs> yeah. I will say, though, as just like a corollary, is neither of us know anything about Casey Musgraves, I don't think, right? Oh, yeah. But so, I mean, that's so, not much of a change. Yeah, so what? A, so we could just be entirely wrong on this and not know. That's true. <laughs> uh, so after that, we get to Weekend Update. Weekend Update, as always, is the most consistently funny part of SNL because it's not a sketch. You just write jokes about headlines. Yep. And when you've got... Uh, like Colin Jessica Jost, who has a Harvard comedy background, and Michael Che, who doesn't care what anyone thinks of him and will say anything. <laughs> uh, you get quality jokes all the time. Uh, what would you say your favorite uh, of the just the pure jokes? Not not uh, not the three segments that they did. Oh, that's hard. That's hard. It I'm trying hard. to remember any single... It's hard because I, I, I should have written something down when I was watching, but I didn't. Um, Nothing comes to mind, but that's not against the sketch. That's I, My mind is literally just blanking on... Uh, uh, I would say there... I, I guess there wasn't one that really, really... That, that I, I, I committed to memory because I had an amazing time, but uh, I... It's not that it wasn't funny. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to point out three that I really liked. Uh, see, okay. I'll let you see if you agree. Uh, nothing more Catholic than letting someone else die for your sins. Mm, that one's quality. That one's, that one's, that one's quality. So, I don't know if it's just because I grew up Catholic, so, it's, so it makes it like way better. <laughs> uh, That's very good. The whitest paint joke is also great. <laughs> I, I actually really, really liked that joke because Colin Jost was on something today. I don't know. He was weirdly giggly. <laughs> he was giggly. He was also just uncomfortably giggly, like with the 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 uh the black woman that's been missing for ten years bit. All of his giggling sounded like it was setting up a punchline where he's like representing how people still don't care even though she's like uh she's been like literally just telling you all of the horrible things that happened to her, but no, it was just Colin Jost giggling, which was just really uncomfortable. And so the white paint joke was at least a pretty good payoff for that. Yeah, he's so white. It's really funny. Uh, and then also Michael Che's NBA joke was killer, killer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pete Davidson did all right. He generally liked him. I liked him. I think I think he needs to go back to the writer's room with that stand-up bit about his uncles. It just, it feels like there was like half of a joke there, as opposed to normally when he comes on with one of those just pure stand-up bits, uh, it's like very refined, it, ha it hits very specific moments, uh, and then it goes away. This one, it felt like, oh cool, you make... Uh, and it might have just also been Colin being like, so your uncle was actually really upset? And just kept asking, like, basically a variation of the same question. And it's like, how many times can yeah. we hit this one note? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Also, I didn't love him going, he should have just said the uh, Tilda Swinton on Casual Fridays joke while he was in, while he was making fun of how he dressed. As opposed yeah, to it was not good enough. Him. It was not good enough to bring it back up. No, it was definitely... Not, but uh, I really like their Norm tribute. 
Oh yeah, the Norm Tribute was really, really good because uh, it was a it was just a uniquely great way to send off somebody in a uh, that made good jokes for a joke show. It was like here's here's this person and here are their good jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they left some pretty good weekend update bits on the on the cutting room floor for that segment, but oh boy, the ones that they kept were pretty good. <laughs> Well, which one would you like to see in it? Uh, personally, I think if they had to pick one of his OJ jokes, because there's like 30-minute compilations of all the jokes he did on OJ during that trial. Uh, my favorite one is right after OJ gets found not guilty, they go on, SNL goes on, Weekend Update, and he goes, Our top story tonight, murder is legal in the state of California. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so after update, we get uh, the funeral sketch. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, so this one I think was the weakest for me. I, I uh, yeah. didn't have a great time. Yeah, it's, it's a hard joke to sell. Uh, the, joke, uh, the joke of the whole sketch is just that uh, their grandma hung out with only problematic celebrities. <laughs> yeah. End of story. Uh, her favorite lounge singer at Atlantic City was LeVar B. Burton, who only <laughs> sings R. Kelly songs, as it turns out. <laughs> uh, I will say that, like, one of one of the jokes that I think a lot of people are going to miss is, uh, when he says that they did not bust him direct, and he goes, yeah, I came from Atlantic City via Secaucus via Hershey, Pennsylvania. <laughs> as, as someone from New Jersey... That's the most ludicrous way to get there, because Atlantic City, for those of you who don't know, uh, Atlantic City is here, so this is like New Jersey, right? And then here's New York City, here's Atlantic City, here's Hershey, Pennsylvania, here's Secaucus, here's New York. (laughs) For for people that are uh, only listening... um... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A, we're a podcast. A triangle with a with a pencil in the air. <laughs> you know, if only if only there was a better way to <laughs> to describe how it works, like with cardinal directions or anything. But there isn't. So well, here about how about this? How about this? <laughs> Secaucus and Atlantic City are in New Jersey, and Hershey, Pennsylvania. Hershey, Pennsylvania is in Pennsylvania. <laughs> For those of you who couldn't tell, <laughs> and uh, and uh, this uh, this uh, this sketch was filmed in New York City. <laughs> uh, I will say, uh, mm. having having this in, having that entire sketch, uh, just to end with the remix to Ignition by R. Kelly, a lot of setup for like a middling payoff. But for the people it paid off for, I'm sure it paid off really well. <laughs> I still don't get how it's a joke, but uh uh like yeah, can you can you can you explain that one to me as well? Uh well it's just it's just, you know, that's That's another R. Kelly song. Yeah, it's another yeah. R. Kelly song, but that one's like specifically like more like rap based. Where like a lounge a lounge singer should if you think about a lounge singer, right? I believe yeah, yeah. I can fly at least like makes sense. Like you could sing that in a lounge singer way. And then her second favorite song is the lounge singer being able to just do like pure R and B remix to ignition, 
It's just the dichotomy of that. That's at least what I find funny about it. Sure, sure. Yeah, I don't know. This one fell off for me just because uh, uh, a lot of the jokes of the bad people were kind of old jokes. Um, and uh, there was just a lingering awkwardness. And there was the unfocused bit with the the gambling debts being a, a thing. So, like, the, the <laughs> at the beginning, they said every weekend she went down to Atlantic City to do the penny slots, uh, which already sounds, uh, uh-oh, we should probably talk to Grandma. Um, <laughs> yeah. But then... Uh, then there was this. It, it's a it's a very SNL thing where there's they've got this joke and they approach it in such an awkward way where like the reason why the song that they picked was I believe I can fly was because um, she jumped off a building because of her gambling debts and it wasn't I I can't tell you I I need to spend some time workshopping how you would deliver it but the way I would not deliver it is oh yeah grandma killed herself. <laughs> Unless I, that's the joke, I forgot. Like, I, it, it was just a very, very awkward delivery on a lot of the jokes. I will say that the family members reacting, just being like, yeah, that sounds like her, definitely <laughs> helped save it for me. Oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, and also, and also, really, the biggest through line that I think helped carry this weak sketch uh, was probably uh, Keenan consistently being like, LeVar B. Burton, important that was there. very good. Which again, two sketches. He's he's he shows up and he's the best part of it. So I will say, uh, historically, uh, last season opener, he also played another character who had a very important B initial. <laughs> in a in a in an unfortunate names sketch that you know they do those like every so often where a disaster will happen and they talk to survivors and all the survivors have names like Edith Pussy. <laughs> sure, uh, and one of them was, uh, that Keenan is, uh, Jeffrey B. Epstein. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a very important B. <laughs> uh. uh, yeah, so Funeral Sketch, definitely weak, weak sketch. Probably don't need to check it out on YouTube. That's one that's gonna be on the cutting room floor when they put out the edited version. Uh, for people who don't know, SNL will consistently put out a one-hour version of their show for mm. each guest, and that one will only include uh, sketches that actually landed. <laughs> That's interesting. Mm, uh, uh, the lead-in, the lead-in for this one was uh, the Maya Rudolph episode. Uh, and rewatching it, I realized there's a lot of SNL when they do specifically political and pop culture sketches, uh, where. It was funny when I watched it live, and then watching it again, I was like, this is not that as good. <laughs> Which was part of the reason why we always tried to skew away from pop culture references when we did improv in college, because it was just like, well, if you don't get it, A, it's not going to hit, and yep. B, that gives it a shelf life. Yep, and also, there's just there's just something tacky about doing it. Like, if, if your shtick is doing political stuff, which it is yeah. um, in SNL, then... Yeah, it's different, but like, if you're a college improv troupe, it is it is nothing if not tacky. It also gets you in really really bad uh, feedback, uh, bad practice. Because like, it's not you'll get a you'll get an easy laugh, and the easy laugh will not be about building strong characters or scenes or anything. And, and yeah, classic. Uh, <laughs> so after that, we get uh, Casey's second song. Mm. Uh, that one, I I never figured out what I would name it. It was. <laughs> A weird song to begin with. She starts sitting in a chair across from a film projection of random people. 
Which, uh, again, at least half of them are cast members from SNL. <laughs> so there is this, there's this weird vibe where you're like, okay, I guess you dated every cast member at SNL. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was a weird flex, but no. Okay. Weird, flex, weird flex that you made a song about it, too. I don't know. <laughs> I also, I don't love that uh, she did two, like, low-energy downer songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because... Once again, variety show you want, and like late variety shows. This show starts at eleven thirty, it ends at one a.m. You don't. I would suggest for any for any musical artist who is listening to this shit tier podcast, <laughs> if you're on SNL, your second song should be a hype song. Yeah, that's fair. You should definitely hit that one with more energy. Your first song can be your brooding emotional piece. More people will honestly. See it. More a lot of people will enjoy it. Your second song should try to pump people up for the last ten minutes. I feel like you should just pump them up for both. I'm, I'm, I'm not showing, I'm not showing up to SNL to cry. I don't know. Fair, fair. <laughs> that said, I do need to say again that first song. I, I think it's just me. Like I think it, I'm, it appeals very like more to me than it would more audiences. But that first song was really good. I, I really, liked really the liked first it. song honestly. I might start listening to that song. It was decent. It is a bit of a downer though. Yeah, no, no, nothing against that. Uh, so after she finishes that up, uh, we get the NFL, uh, Fox on NFL sketch, uh, which is just, <laughs> <laughs> which, which they did, they did this weird thing where instead of making a sketch about a, about a dumb idea, they made a sketch about people pitching a dumb idea, which, like, it works on, like, a decent level. Uh, so for this one, we get uh, James Austin Johnson and Owen Wilson are playing uh, the Fox Sportscasters. I normally, I know one, of, I know Owen Wilson played, uh, I think it's Joe Buck. Uh, and so that would make James play Troy Aikman, but nobody who watches SNL cares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the gimmick is that uh, James Austin Johnson is pitching this new show for Fox on Thursday. It's called Crazy House. <laughs> I'm, I'm, and, I, I... and the Crazy House, it's just, it's like generic, shitty family sitcom that just gets more and more layers added on top. <laughs> so it starts with just Crazy House, a house where three influencers live together. It's gonna be Cray. <laughs> I, I... I might be. Uh, I, I think. I think we might disagree on this. I th- we definitely disagree on this. Uh, and this is probably a weird one. This is probably my favorite sketch of the night. <laughs> this this one is your favorite sketch of this the one, night. I I don't. There's there's a lot of like there's very very strong bits in it where somebody's where where uh, where the uh, Owen Wilson asks. Like just asks a very a very reasonable question, <laughs> and, then, and then the other guy's just like, I, I, "Let's not guess. Let's not guess." <laughs> and then there's the recurring bit of the fact that they keep wanting to cut to something that isn't a pitch, uh, that isn't this, this stupid idea, <laughs> and then and then it turns out that there's nothing to show, and so the network forces them to show it again, and they're clearly getting more and more upset with it. And I, there's just so many, all of the jokes, all of the bits are very strong to me, but I do I do get that, like, <laughs> it's a weird one to, to, to pick as your favorite. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, listen, it's not like a weak sketch by any means, but it is very it is like very niche on people who are going to enjoy it. I yeah. also I did enjoy the sketch. It was fun. <laughs> I had a fun time with it. So uh, fucking uh, I forget their names. I know it's Michaela the monster and Suave and then the third white girl. <laughs> uh oh god, I forgot her too. Yeah. It's like Martha or something like that, dude. It's like generic <laughs> names. <laughs> It, well, it sounded a lot like Michaela. It could have been Michelle. It mm-hmm. could have been Michelle, Michaela, and Suave. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the fact. I love, there's, it, it sounded, the joke sounded a lot, or the, the bit sounded a lot like um, me riffing with one of my friends. It sounded like somebody, like, like one person is being the straight man and asking, well, is it, uh, is it <laughs> so, so it's a crazy house. Like, no, no, no. It's it's a house, but it's lent, but it's they it, they inherited it from someone named Crazy. Oh. Like that's that's a joke. That, that's a joke that would come up in a sketch. Like that's yeah. that's very good. It's it's so perfect because they just add like a little bit more, and each time you hear it, you're like, fucking what? <laughs> like, and then, then the lady on the ground also has <laughs> questions about Crazy. <laughs> this is yeah. This is just this is just like the perfect. To show like straight man sketch, where where both Owen Wilson and Heidi Gardner are both like almost almost to the point of like using like no selling it. They're like, yeah, no, this makes sense, but like I have questions not about the ridiculousness of this, just very pinpointed like yeah. fact finding <laughs> questions. <laughs> it's, it's never like who who greenlit this, who allowed this to go. It's like, wait a minute, is that? Sock puppet voiced by Stacey Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so that yeah, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of things in as like <laughs> if it, when when we were doing improv, and I guess we'll just keep referencing this. Uh, there was this well, we'll, whole. We'll, we'll uh, start doing improv again eventually, hopefully. <laughs> please, I'm, I'm I don't have the money to pay the people here, and I really <laughs> want to do it more. So, but uh, but. Uh, the point is, uh, one thing that we said uh, is, uh, you need to find uh, you need to find the weird thing in the scene. But when and this is a rookie mistake that a lot of the younger kids made. Um, the uh, once you've found the funny thing in the scene, your first uh, your first thought is going to be to cash it out for a quick joke to like to point out to like to take the funny in the scene and then push it out and say, "Hey guys, this is weird," and then end it. But what is more funny is to, like, take it, acknowledge it, keep it there, but keep it around. Play with it and see how it grows. And that's what this did. Like, SNL sometimes is like, like you said, someone's like, who greenlit this? So the joke is, this is weird. But in this, it was like, okay, I need to know more. Yeah. <laughs> please, please tell me more about this weird thing. And it's also very good that none of all of the characters are straight men. Even the guy reading it yeah. is like just looking at the copy, trying to understand it as well. <laughs> There's a lot to love in this one. Oh yeah, that one is quality. Uh, and so we get to the ten minutes to one sketch. Uh, historically, historically, for those of you who don't know, in SNL tenure, uh, the last sketch of the night, the ten minutes to one sketch, is. Uh, weird it's always super weird it's when they figure all right only the hardcores are going to be here they can handle this it's like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like when they open up the curtain for you and they're like look at what we could do 
<laughs> 90 minutes. And this oh. one is no exception. That's right. <laughs> oh, boy. Robinson's uh, male... It's Robinson's poop sketch, is what I call it. Yep. <laughs> yep. The entire, uh, the entire gimmick is you get uh, Sarah Sherman and Andrew Dismukes uh, play fecal doctors who test fecal matter for diseases, and they're filming a, like, family, local, local TV commercial for it. And the entire time they're like, listen, we get it. You're worried we might, like, play around with your poop. But <laughs> we won't. <laughs> the recurring joke is the fact that they're uh, that they constantly are told by the director it sounds like you're going to play with their poop maybe you should lay off of it and then them taking those notes constantly makes it sound more and more like they're going to play around with the poop and then the punchline is hey let's play around with some poop that, you know honestly it's refreshingly straightforward for an SNL sketch <laughs> yeah it is it is very much like it, 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 it hit a rule of threes First one, we're not going to play with your poop. Second one, we might play with your poop. Third one, let's play with some poop. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Listen, you hit no, it. No, the in between it is the absolutely brilliant. What, you think you're special? You think you think we just, something so tempting about your poop. <laughs> and I will say, Andrew Dismukes was my, uh, was my favorite Hyron from last season. And he continues to kill it. He was also he also made me fucking die in the school board sketch when they're the juniors and he just leans in after she says no you can't game it glass just goes bitch <laughs> that was so good was, it is such a it is such a high schooler thing uh huh it's just it, like I heard that and I was like he gets it because like I know I could list you off like ten names right now of people who would do that in in a at a school board meeting with no care for the repercussions. <laughs> Yep. Yep. Like, uh... But, uh, one thing about this sketch, and I feel bad saying it, but this is the second time. Uh, it is, since you brought up Auntie Donna, it is eerily similar to the He's Gonna Drink Our Piss sketch. Um... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, realistically, I saw this way more as an I Think You Should Leave sketch. Yeah, yeah, it would it would work as an I think you should leave sketch. I is think, there one in particular or uh so I think realistically how how I think you should leave uh would approach this sketch differently, mainly because it's a pre recorded format. You know, obviously editing can be better and stuff, is they would just show the finished family ad and it would just slowly devolve <laughs> over the course of like ten <laughs> minutes. This is like a this is a whatever that corpse is falling on the ground shows. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like Corn Cob TV or uh, has this ever happened to you from the first episode, <laughs> where where it just where like it starts and it just keeps going and it slowly devolves into its punchline. Uh, but because of the live audience, because of how they have to film and work, uh, having Owen Wilson come in and be like, no, 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 less, 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 and then going more and more yeah. and more, uh, is definitely. Uh, the perfect mix of the two styles. Yeah, no, it, it's a very good sketch. I, I had a great time with that one. Also, just like just just some very very good like gorilla bla- brain fun voices saying <laughs> silly things. There's not there's I, I can't say there's not enough of that. But but uh, but SNL SNL when it does that it 
it pays off a lot. Yeah, there's something there's something about them. <laughs> there's something about Sarah Sherman's voice in that specifically, where she's got like that Brooklyn Jew accent. <laughs> I'm playing oh. around with it. You know, playing around, <laughs> messing around. She's like juggling the poop. <laughs> oh. Uh, Alright, so we got to the end of the sketches. Uh, so, you know, a uh, little bit of uh, final wrap-up. What would you say? I mean, we talked about it, but your sketch of the night would be the NFL sketch? Absolutely. I loved it. I really, really liked it. I've probably gone over everything that I like about it, but uh, it just... It made me laugh. Uh, I thought that I get, and this is this isn't great um, on my part. I I get uh, there's like technical things that trip me up in sketches sometimes that make me frustrated. Where I'm just like, I could have written that better, but you know, I I don't have a job there, yeah. so you know, who who really wins? But you know, point being, <laughs> the, uh, the the there's technical things that frustrate me in a lot of sketches and there were none in this one and that's that's on top of all of the things that I just I think it was really really solidly built and it made me laugh a lot so I really liked it. Yeah. Uh I think Cars 4 might be my <laughs> sketch of the week. It was it was just it started on it was so out there where like where they're reaching for this premise that it hit enough. It's either that or school board for me. The middle two sketches were just so like evenly competing where it's either either my sketch of the week is the host really made the show or the or the cast made the show and i think for this one the host made the show just cuz you can't do the car sketch without the voice of lightning mcqueen it's true it's true uh who so uh who would you say is the ethan hill offensive player of the week uh, this is going. This is who you think. Prov- this is who you think brought in the weirdest amount, like the most energy of. Uh, they're going to be the weird one in the scene, type, as opposed to uh, the Keenan Knight Boehm defensive player of the week, which is the best straight man. Uh, so I've got some. This one's going to be some hot takes. Uh, it, the strongest performance was uh, uh, that that the new guy that does the impression, James Austin, but Johnson. I don't. But I don't think that's the weirdest characters. I think whatever I, I think it I think this one goes to Keenan. I think I think whenever he showed up, I was like, this one's gonna be good. And then he brought something like again, it, the character that he played, whatever uh, Mr. Spooky uh Scary was, was Gary. Gary <laughs> It was it was under it was not it was not an over the top character, but it was an over the top idea for a character and he, he sold he managed to sell it that way. And then he also had uh, 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 Lavar B. Burton. I I would give it to him for this one. I I think he I think I think when he showed up, when there was a character, it was a good character. It was a weird character, and that character always had a fun bit. Mm, uh, I will be giving it to James Austin Johnson. He what a debut! What a debut! You show up, you play the president of the United States, you play Larry the Cable Guy, you run a whole sketch basically by yourself because he's reading the copy form for it. He's doing ninety yep. percent of the legwork in that NFL sketch, and he doesn't break. Yeah, no, he did an excellent job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now we can move to the Keenan Knight Boehm Defensive Player of the Week. Got to go to the host Owen Wilson. Mm-hmm. He uh, he he stood around. He the, the, <laughs> he. He 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 knocked back every ball that was hit to him. He was uh he was like he was he was a straight man in a lot of the scenes. He would just he would 
Yeah, even in the scenes where he was the weird one, he was the weird one by virtue of being a straight man saying weird stuff, or uh, uh, portraying weird stuff as a, a flatly. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> Yep. He, he did a great job, and and he was uh, and and he didn't he didn't go over the top on really anything. Listen, if there was ever a straight man, they'd have to be Colin Jost, <laughs> <laughs> the epitome of straight white male. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. Owen Wilson definitely uh, definitely lended the much needed straight man role for a lot of his for a lot of uh, the sketches, which was great because like we uh, like we noticed the one time where he didn't he where he wasn't a straight man when he played Jeff Bezos it didn't work as well yep sometimes you need the normal guy to just be a normal guy and Owen Wilson pretty normal guy yeah found out he went to military school though interesting that was wild he went to he, he went, went to, to five high five schools different high schools and, and seven, seven different, different colleges, colleges as it turns out <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Wilson family. <sighs> all right, all in all, uh, those are our opinions on uh, episode one of season 47 of uh, SNL. Uh, tune in next week, where I will either have Connor again as my guest, or <laughs> uh, someone else. We'll fi- find out then. All yeah. in all, uh, I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week. I'm looking forward to uh, Kim Kardashian West and Halsey. Ooh. In Kardashian West and Halsey. Ooh. Yeah, weird, weird setup. 